to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning. We've got all your Monday night NBA action covered. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Big Waz and Rob Lopez on the ones and twos. We have both semi-recovered from a fantastic LA show uh, for the back-to-back podcast on the Count the Things Network. Uh, coming up on this show, James Harden dances to another huge night. D'Angelo Russell destroyed the Celtics, and Tony Parker returned to San Antonio. But first, Big Waz, Anthony Davis is in LA to take on the Clippers. Pelicans 121, <laughs> Clippers 117 in Los Angeles. Anthony Davis just destroys everybody. Uh, Clippers had no answer for him. 46 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, one turnover. Uh, they went to him a lot down the stretch. He hit clutch free throws. Uh, he did just about everything. He was helped by Julius Randle had 27 points, and they had 68 points in the paint. For the Pelicans, Montrose Harrell had 26, 10 and four off the bench. Lou Williams, bad shooting night, 18 points on six of 19 shooting, did hit a couple of buckets late. Uh, Gallo paced the starters with 25 points. Tobias Harris had 21. Uh, he had a, he had a quick start. He was had nine points in the first couple of minutes on three shots and uh, then just kind of fizzled out a little bit. Clippers hit 18 threes in this game. Pelicans turned the ball over just seven times. Uh, the thing about Anthony Davis is we're going to keep trying to poach him off this team, right? Was we're going to try to keep trying to get him off the Pelicans uh, because he does stuff like this and they barely win. And, and maybe that's too negative. <laughs> Maybe that's too negative for this Pelicans talk because, you know, they win a, they win a big game. That's that's an important game for them, especially if they're going to try to creep into the playoffs. But it, it, 46 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, three steals to, to beat the Clippers by four. And we've been seeing this counter narrative where people are like, well, if Anthony Davis is so good, why can't he get all of these great Pelican players to a higher seat in the playoffs? So this and this and that, which, you know, ignores a multitude of things. One is that their three best players can't or three of their four best players can't play at the same time. Right. Like Randall or uh, Meritage. Sorry. Uh, yeah. they, neither one of them can can play the three. So one of them has to sit. Uh, whenever the other two were playing with Drew Holiday. And, you know, as our friend Tom Haberstroh pointed out, they have a terrible medical staff, and so people are always hurt. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too, is like, I, look, I don't want to. I don't want to disparage. This is terrible because they win a big game. Where we're just going to crap all over the team. But I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to disparage or like diminish what he's done. But like, they're relying on Alfred Payton to be a big player for them. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, this team is just. And I'm sorry. Five Pelicans fans who are listening to this who are mad, but this team just like I don't understand how Dell Demp still has a job. I really don't. Well, you know, when you have basically absentee ownership the way they do, where not only even when their ownership wasn't like going through a messy divorce and, you know, handling of the team is being transferred to other people, um, they're clearly just the second fiddle as far as the um the ownership group is concerned. They're, you know, they're the other thing that's going on in town. If you could even say that, some people would say they're like the fifth thing. Yeah, when I I was there like after the DeMarcus Cousins trade. Um, uh, like maybe a month after that to do a story on them. And I was asking people around the city, Hey, like, you know, you hyped about the Pelicans and I had a bunch of people be like, no, you know, they're kind of fourth here. I was like, fourth, how is it fourth? And they said, well, Saints football, LSU football, then LSU baseball, then the Pelicans. I was like, LSU baseball. <laughs> baseball. What? Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers Clippers. All right. They remember, remember there was like, a, they were the, the best team in the West for like a week. I don't know that they, that that was actually true, but you know the way their schedule had worked out, they had won enough games for people to, 
you know, for their record to indicate that. <laughs> right, exactly. And then they've just been very up and down since. So they started out 15 and 6. Now they've gone, uh, oh, what is that? That's some kind of math. 9 and uh, nine and 13? Yikes. 9 and 13 over the last 22 games. Uh, are you concerned about the Clippers, or was it just they got off to too hot of a start? Yeah, they seem like a team that on the upside was like 44, 46 wins, right? Like they weren't a 55-win team coming into this. I don't think anybody thought that. They got off to a great start. And to a certain extent, you're able to come out and surprise a lot of teams with just effort and execution. When you're a team like the Clippers who don't have a marquee name, they just got a bunch of nice guys, right? Like they don't have a bunch of gaping holes on the roster, but there's nobody as good as, say, Anthony Davis, right? And so, you know, you're able to creep up on a lot of teams, especially early on in the season. But I think teams are now like, all right, the Clippers come out and do this thing every single night. Um, let's actually try to figure out how to stop them. Yeah, I I, I think, too, uh, kind of concerning for the Pelicans is they were up by 20 at one point. I think in the third quarter, they took a, they took the lead by 20. Um, Clippers got the lead back in the fourth quarter. Pelicans still, still close it out. But it's just, man, like. They don't have a lot of shooting. They hit eight of 25 from there. I really, man, this feels so negative for a team that just put up 121 points in one. Thanks to their superstar. I, I want to redo this section. We're not going to, because my God, why would we? But I want to be like, you know what? Let's just uh, throw a little record scratch in there, Rob, right now. And uh, man, look at this Pelicans team surging, Waz. They're great. <laughs> That's Anthony so Davis, good. superstar. He's going to be a, he's going to be an all-star <laughs> starter. Maybe. If yeah, we can maybe. Get, him to get more votes than Luka Doncic, which seems seems doable. They've won four of their last five games. You know, two of those came against the Cavs, but that's still four of their last five. They're on a road trip that now they face ooh, Golden State and then Portland. And then yeah, Memphis. maybe no, maybe AD will definitely want to stay now. I bet he'll want to stay. And you know what? I bet they're going to go in there. And I'm going to call my shot here, Waz. On Wednesday night, they're going to beat the Warriors. All right, you heard it here first, Ding listeners. Zach Harper's talking out his ass. Uh, yeah, possibly. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, for the Clippers, um, I do think uh, I think they're. I still believe they're going to make the play. If you had to pick between either of these teams making the playoffs, then there's not a lot separating. I'd them. go with New Orleans. You yeah, go with New Orleans got, over the Clippers. Yeah, they are currently ooh about. And the Clippers are counting on guys like Danilo Gallinari, who you know has his own injury history. Right? Yeah, he'll get um, injured at some point, unfortunately. So I, I, I definitely go with the Pelicans. All right, it's Tuesday. It means tomorrow night you can join back-to-back listeners on the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. You go to FanDuel.com/b2b. You sign up for an for an account. You're gonna put five dollars in that account. Then FanDuel is gonna match that and put five dollars in. Uh, and you get to play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. Shout out to last week's winner, Ilya. Ilya is going to join us on this coming Friday mailbag uh, to to chop it up with us, talk about the live show, ask us questions. We'll ask him questions. Jade will play a weird game with him about his race. And, and then it's, it's going to be a good time. So join the join the challenge on Wednesday. FanDuel.com slash B2B. Deposit money. Get money. Play with B2B listeners. All right, let's get to some news from Monday. Uh, some bad news in Dallas. J.J. Barea underwent surgery on a torn Achilles. Uh, he's 34 years old. He's been 13 years in the NBA and now has an Achilles injury to 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 get over over the next year. Uh, he suffered Friday against the Timberwolves. He was killer for them off the bench. 10 points, 5 assists, 
uh, in about 20 minutes a game, part of a really good Mavs bench. Um, so they're down a man and that's going to be tough to the last, you know, guys like Devin Harris to, to step up and, and play more of a role, but that's going to be really hard for them to, to overcome. And at the same time, there's news. They may be shipping out another point guard. Desmond jr is being shopped around pro Adrian Wojnarowski and Tim McMahon of ESPN. Uh, the sons of the magic are allegedly talking with Dallas about Smith Jr., which makes sense in theory, except then some radio guy who's connected to the Suns came out and said the Suns have no interest in Dennis Smith Jr., which seems odd for a team that has no point guards on the roster. Um, does this, let's say they are shopping uh, Dennis right now, Was uh, Is this a little too early to, to be punting on him? I think I, it would be a little bit too early, except for the fact that, I think for him to be the most effective version of himself and reach his potential, he has to be the lead ball handler on a team, right? Like he has to get those reps in order to like master, you know, uh, playmaking on the pick and roll and things of that nature. And he's not really going to get that opportunity in Dallas. Uh, And, you know, I'm somebody who's still high on him because I think he's somebody who, you know, when or if he ever gets it right, is going to be somebody who can live at the foul line and make open jump shots at a consistent enough clip that, you know, his off the charts, you know, generational athleticism uh, will allow him to be a very effective player. Yeah. And I think too, with him, like last year, you know, he didn't shoot well, but he was a good catch and shoot guy. He's played really good defense this year. Like I don't, I, I do think him off the ball, could be a pretty good weapon, especially with Luka Doncic's passing ability, right? Like, I, I think that's something that they could they could utilize. Um, but at the same time, if you feel like we want bigger guys around around Luka and we want more shooters, like more pure shooters around Luka for him to, you know, pass to, I get it. It just, it feels a little early for this to, for this to happen, especially like, what are you going to get from Phoenix? Right. And, and, you know, honestly, if for teams out there that are like looking for a young point guard, this guy has the pedigree. And quite frankly, he's a much better prospect at this point than somebody like, say, Markel Fultz. Oh, who's also on the market. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bad news out of Houston. Clint Capella is out for four to six weeks with a thumb injury. He had ligament damage to his right thumb. Uh, Rockets believe he'll miss the next 15 games before the all-star break and return around February 21st against the Lakers Uh, for a Rockets team. That's already missing Chris Paul and uh, has lost Trevor Reza and Luke Bamute over the summer. And, you know, uh, let's not forget to mention that they're down Carmelo Anthony. We don't know where he is, <laughs> right? So now you yeah. lose Clint Capella, who was huge for them last year, who was the guy who anchored that defense. Uh, didn't hurt them tonight, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but this is uh, this has got to be something that I don't really know how they overcome it. They played a lot of small ball tonight, um, and so I think they're going to rely on that. But losing Clint is is big. It's big, and you know, obviously they're just going to have to rejigger their rotation in a major way, a lot more Nene minutes, which at his age at this point, and another guy with an extensive injury past, yeah. uh, you know, it's a tough ask. But I think, like you said, they're going to have to just do a lot more small ball play, play faster, play uh, obviously a little bit more switchier. Maybe they'll get more aggressive in their routines as far as attacking ball handlers and stuff. Um, I think the only silver lining here is uh, that this isn't a leg injury, so Capella can continue to do conditioning work yeah, while he that's recovers. A good point. 
because, you know, he came into the season not going front like a guy who had just signed a hundred and something million dollar contract. <laughs> and he was doing the proverbial player way into shape. And this will and he was, you know, in the recent weeks he's been he'd been rounding at, into form. Uh, I think, you know, hopefully he'll be able to still do conditioning work and come back just fine. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more bit of news. Uh, the NBA cleared the Cleveland Cavaliers of, wrong, of wrongdoing, no wrongdoing in the Patrick McCaw signing. Uh, they found no violation of the league's collective bargaining agreement, including the anti-circumvention rules. Uh, so for once, Dan Gilbert didn't do something horrible. All right, listeners, do not fret if you missed the Los Angeles live show, which was killer, which you're going to want to see the audio and whatever pictures and whatever video we have of it. It was an amazing show. But if you missed it, if you didn't get to go to Los Angeles, because let's say you're on the East Coast, March 2nd in Boston at the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference at the Middle East in Boston, you can see us again. You can see us do a live show. Tickets are on sale. There's no VIP. VIP is sold out, but we still have general admission available. You can get your tickets uh, through Jade Hoy, through the Count the Dinks Twitter page, and you can you can join us March 2nd, Middle East, in Boston. It's a great time. Every single show seems to get better every single time we do one, so you don't want to miss this. We're going to have all the big names there. We're going to have special guests. Come see us March 2nd, Middle East, in Boston. All right, let's get to the other games from Monday night. Nets 109, Celtics 102 in Brooklyn. No Kyrie Irving in this game. D'Angelo Russell went off. He lit the Celtics up in the third quarter. 18 points and four assists in a 44-point third quarter for the Nets. Finished with 34 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Made seven threes in the game. Uh, the Celtics actually tried to make a comeback. They were down big in the third, tried to make a comeback in the fourth, but just had too big of a hole to climb out of. Uh, Jason Tatum at 35 or 34 points, 15 of those in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown with 22 points. I believe 10 of those came in the fourth quarter. Uh, Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris were terrible. DeMar Carroll shot horribly, 10 points on 15 shots, but he did have 14 rebounds off the bench. Uh, Rodion Critch and Jared Allen each had 19 points for the Nets. Uh, but Waz, I got to say, this Celtics team, I know no Kyrie Irving, but you still have you still have plenty of guys you still have all-star caliber <laughs> players you still have all this stuff and they just like they they suck on the road and i just i'm i think i'm done considering them to be an elite team they're not in washington wizards territory for me where sure. i'm done with them but like i'm just hitting i'm hitting the pause button on caring about them like they need to get they need to go off go off and stop <laughs> being a trash team every other time you hit the road and and just go be a good team you have all this elite talent Kyrie Irving not being in that game shouldn't mean you can't stop D'Angelo Russell yeah and it, you know and it shows the 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 fallacy of this whole oh we we have all of this depth i mean the bottom line is when Kyrie Irving sits the Brooklyn and your hallmark is allegedly defense when Kyrie Irving sits that should not uh, suffer. Your defense should be just should be able to withstand that and be able to stop a team like Brooklyn, who I know is, you know, emergent. You know, it's even like in, as a team, both as a team and D'Angelo Russell as an individual. But they're not some kind of offensive juggernaut that should be impossible to stop. Uh and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I grin because I, I, I just. You're good because it's Boston. It, I grin because it's Boston. But also before the season, I was telling everybody, I was like, I don't understand why everybody thinks this is a juggernaut. Like, they have a lot of good players and they're going to play really hard. But, like, they don't have a bunch of people that are just going to kick your ass. That's on true. a night-to-night basis, and I mean that individually. And all Al Horford, for whatever reason, is just falling off a cliff. 
His jumper's falling off. He looks a bit like a step slower. Like he, and I think that's a, you know, an under-discussed element of what's going on this season. Horford's just not his, you know, up to his amazing self, like where he's kicking Joel Embiid's butt up and down the court for an entire series, right? Last year during the playoffs. He hasn't been that guy this season. And I think the team's, you know, both offense and defense has suffered for it. I'm sure they're just saving it up for the playoffs. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure right. everything, everything's good. Uh, Rockets 112, Grizzlies 94 in Houston. Uh, James Harden had 36 points in this game at the half. Was just destructive. Like he was, it was disgusting. Like this Rockets team sucks right now. They're terrible. He's just dragging them into wins. And other than a couple of moments for Daniel house and, and Joe green in the second half, like this, this team was bad and it was just him being great, but he finished with 57 points on 17 of 33 from the field, six of 15 from three, 17 of 18 from the free throw line. I believe it's his third 50 point game of the season, uh, 14th game of 40 or more. And Oh my God, this Grizzlies team, like, <sighs> It, their offense sucks. And it's not even like they're missing good shots or whatever. Like if Garrett Temple isn't hitting jumpers, they have no chance. How are they and, supposed to generate good shots though? Right. Later, I get it. I love Mike Conley just as much as the next man. And Marcus Gasol, we know he's so Marcus savvy. Marcus is supposed to be a great passer, right? He's when, such a good passer. When's the last time we saw him pulling an assist out of his ass? Like, come on. <laughs> this is, I think Mike Conley was terrible in this game. Like he was awful. He looked like he had been at like a Houston nightclub or something the night before. Um, and, and this was the thing that killed me is that the Grizzlies tried to counteract, counteract this barrage from James Harden and this three point shooting by the, by the Rockets by continuously posting up Jaron Jackson jr. Over and over in the second half. You know, what's yeah, crazy? Like that was the thing. And, and I like him. He had 12 points. I liked, and you know, the funny thing is watching it in the moment, I kind of liked the idea of him just shooting over a way smaller guy, really close to the rim. It's just, he's not good at it yet. Right. I think that's something he'll be good at in the future, but it's like, it looks good. This big, long dude, really close to the rim, shooting over a guy who's five inches shorter than him. Like, it's like. Shouldn't that be what I do? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> should, it should be, except you know they couldn't they couldn't you know score against PJ Tucker and Daniel House. In Man, the and and there was a stretch in the third quarter, right, where you're talking about that barrage of threes, where I think, you know, I think they had about seventy points, and I want to say the next for the next like thirty points that the Rockets got. At least 23 of them had to be from three, even though 23 is not divisible by three. But you know what the hell I'm talking about? <laughs> well, they, they, took, they took one away because it was Joe Green shooting it. <laughs> but, yo, man, like, they literally just kept getting open three, open three, open three, open three. And yeah. even when it wasn't an open three, it was a hardened step back, which is like might as well be that. Yeah, it basically is. Uh, also, Hornets 108, Spurs 93 in San Antonio. Tony Parker's return to San Antonio, big success. He only had eight points on 12 shots, but he attacked a basket uh, quite a bit. Kemba Walker set the tone with 13 in the first quarter, finished with 33 points, made seven threes. Uh, didn't even attempt a free throw in a 33-point game. That's kind of weird. Jeremy Lamb had 19. Uh, Marvin Williams had 11. They had a bunch of guys with eight or nine points. Uh 28 points for LaMarcus Aldridge to lead the Spurs. DeMar DeRozan, 14 points on just 15 shots. Derek White had 18. Spurs just not aggressive enough in the fourth quarter. And uh, that's when Charlotte pulled away. 
Jazz 100, Pistons 94 in Salt Lake City. Well, what an ugly fourth quarter until about the last two minutes. Just no one could hit a shot. I don't think the Pistons made a shot for over four minutes during the fourth quarter. Uh, but Rudy Gobert, monster gain, 18 points, 25 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, challenged just about everything within the half court. It was great. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 28 points on 9 of 21. He was huge down the stretch. Kyle Korver, 19 off the bench, five threes. Uh, Blake Griffin, 19 points, had a had a big four point play late in the game, but he, that was about all he could do. Joe Ingles called him a flopper, then hit a big three in his face to, uh, to close out this one, uh, 15 and 13 for Andre Drummond jazz. That schedule got easier. They've won six of the last seven, that two seed, you know, Amin and I predicted the jazz is two seed this year. I feel like it's going to happen. Uh, and as for the Pistons, they've won five of their last 22 games and haven't won back to back games since December 1st. Jazz going to be the two seed in the NIT. Oh boy. Kings 115, Blazers 107 in Sacramento. Total team effort from the Kings. Uh, once again, they continue to win games. Buddy Heald led them with 19 points. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 18 off the bench, six players in double figures. Uh, they were able to overcome Damian Lillard's 35 points, 11 of 27 from the field, four of 12 from deep, nine of nine from the line. Uh, CJ McCollum, just six points on 14 shots. Kings have won four of their last five, but now they start a six game road trip. And at one point in this game, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, and Iman Shumpert uh, exchanged words. Shump waited at the locker room after him. It was like a kind of a moving screen where he hit Shump in the face. Uh, Casey Holdoff said that Shump was waiting for a use of Nurkic. In a fight between Iman Shumpert and Yusuf Nurkic, who you got, Was? I mean, Yusuf Nurkic is, is from a war-torn country. I'm assuming that because his last name has, ends in an itch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's profiling. And, and Amon Shumpert's from Chicago, so it's a, it's a tough matchup, but I'm probably going to go. war-torn country, it seems like. I'm going to go with the war-torn guy, the guy with the size advantage. I'm going to go with uh, Nurkic. I'm going Shump because I think he's, he's, he's missed everything over the last few years. He's ready to hit something. <laughs> Line of the night. Uh, oh, man. This is going to be tough because James Harden, 57 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a win over the Grizzlies. I'm not sure anyone else matters, but to me, the only – Two other candidates would be Anthony Davis, 46 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, and a win over the Clippers, and D'Angelo Russell's 34-7-5 and in the win over the Celtics. Who you got, Waz? I'm going to go with Jason Tatum because he, he finally gets to go Mamba mentality while his dad, Kyrie's not in the not, not playing that game, but it's in a loss. So that's the line of the night for me. It's fun. All right. I'm going to go James Harden because he had 57 <laughs> points in about 34 minutes. But, yeah, Jason Tatum with 34 and a loss while his dad, Kyrie, uh, watches on. That's uh, that's pretty good. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to the Back to Back podcast. We're back this week after the live show last week. Uh, make sure you check out Nerder. She wrote on Thursday. we got the mailbag on Friday. Go to the Black Opinions Matter Monday feed. Subscribe to it on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. Don't forget we've got the Daily Ding, which is this that you can subscribe to. We've got Kean Fahey's NFL pod, Interceptable. We've got House of Strauss. We've got Pack Your Knives. And uh, Waz, uh, we will see everyone back to our regular scheduled program the rest of this week. Uh, I don't know if you have a ding ding. I don't know if you have a new catchphrase. But thank you, everybody, for waking up with us. Go eat egos. Go take medicine. Go get ready for the workday. Waz, what you got? Do-do-do-do-do. Ding, ding. ding. ding.